0: I'm okay. We're good. All right, so here we go. So hi, Hashim, how are you? I'm well, thank you. So where are we today?
1: We are actually at the Lighthouse.
0: Right, so tell us tell us more about what okay. the Lighthouse is.
1: The Lighthouse is a restaurant, concept store, and activation space, all folded in one. And it's a concept that we started in January of 2017. So in a, in a couple of weeks, we'll be three years old.
0: Three years, how does it feel now?
1: It feels a bit more mature than it did three years ago, but it still feels like immature enough for it to be interesting, if you know what I mean. So I uh, actually started um, my career in banking, and I was in investment banking and asset management for the majority of my career. I'd been living in Dubai at that point for over 10 years, and I thought that um, there were a couple of things that were missing. One of them, we felt there wasn't a space for... um, Entrepreneurs and creative people and business owners to meet. And uh, uh, maybe I'll speak a little bit about the name. I mean, the Lighthouse name came from uh, a number of places. One of them, uh, we were inspired by Virginia wolf who was a well known author, British author. And she wrote a book a novel, a very seminal novel called The Lighthouse, to the Lighthouse, actually, sorry. And Virginia wolf was part of a group called the Bloomsbury Group. And the Bloomsbury Group was a group uh, at the turn of the century in London that congregated over food and drinks. And they were all mostly artists and intellectuals and free spirited people. And, and uh, we were inspired by that idea. And we thought, well, you know, Dubai needs a place like that. So actually, the name
0: originated from the Virginia Woolf Yeah, word, it Korea. came from Virginia Woolf. Wow. Yeah. Okay.
1: And it happened, that was something that was quite important to me personally because my mother, uh, who was a teacher, had done her uh, thesis on Virginia Woolf. So oh, I was sort oh, okay. of always had Virginia Woolf in the house growing up. I right, grew up in Cairo. Right, right. I'm yeah. Egyptian. So it sort of came up and I was like, oh, that would be, you know, very interesting. There was that. There was a little bit of the lighthouse of Alexandria, which, I mean, I'm Egyptian. And it's one of the, you know, seven wonders of the world. There was also a bit of the concept behind the lighthouse as being sort of this um, beacon. We wanted to do something that we felt was, you know, uh, uh, you know going to shine a light in some shape or form, right? Without being overly lofty about it. I was interested in art and design. It's something that I've been passionate about for, for almost two decades now when we thought, well, why don't we try to bring some interesting brands, design-oriented, design-centric brands to Dubai. That's how the gifting store concept started. Um, And then we said, well, if we're going to have that component, maybe people should also eat. We thought we were going to have a cafe, and it all just wound up coming together. The original concept was probably a bit more store and less restaurant. The current concept, or where it's settled, essentially is more restaurant and less. But that doesn't really matter. To us, I think the spirit of all the the pillars is what matters.
0: You're, you're one of the only kind, like one of the only spaces in Dubai that kind of does this sort of merging between, uh, as you mentioned, like a, a storefront, a little bit of space where you can come and mingle and hang out, but also it's an activation space with artists, right?
1: Yeah, no, for sure. We were definitely, and, and that was a struggle. I mean, when we came to D3, they were extremely receptive, but they said, well, you know, what, one of their first questions was, what kind of license would you give you? I mean, we have F&B licenses, we have retail licenses, and you want to do both, and then you want to do like these activations. So it was actually an issue, and we, were, I th- we have uh, three licenses in one, funnily enough, and we had to get an exception. And, and but that's also the beauty of Dubai. I mean, they understood that, they understood that our concept was a bit novel, um, and we played around with it. So we used to have our store, which is now, as you say, to the, to the left side, was kind of, you know, interspersed with the, with the food or with the tables where people were eating, We didn't find that working as well. People like to go in a corner and they like to browse. So we we kind of knew from the beginning that this would be an evolution. And we're happy with it to evolve.
0: So this is everything about the lighthouse. Um, Let's talk a little bit about you too. So you used to be a finance guy?
1: Yeah, so I was in finance for a long time. I started off on Wall Street in New York, moved to London uh, after business school. uh, You know, believe it or not, doing something called fixed income derivatives whatever that means, (laughs) and then at some point, I moved to the region. I moved to Dubai um, in 2005. I started as part of an Egyptian investment bank, their asset management business. That business grew very fast. I ran a number of asset management businesses, but that was also my first taste of sort of a startup feel because we were a startup within a larger company, Uh, so I learned a little bit about that feeling of building a team from scratch, building a business from scratch, and then when I turned 40 or just around there, I mean, I don't remember it because I turned 40, but probably was, I felt I want to do something different. I took a bit of time off and thought, let me give it six months. If I still miss finance, I'll go back. Uh, if I don't, I will do something else. And I wasn't sure what it was. I started to about art and design and things that I cared about. And then slowly the concept of the lighthouse came into fruition. But, you know, unlike, I mean, different people have different experiences, but unlike popular belief, I don't think it's sort of this Eureka moment when you wake up, you're like, I want this and it's going to be called the lighthouse. It wasn't like that. It was really uh, an evolution over a period of time.
0: Touching on the same topics, you're talking about art and design and these things that you're really passionate about, which brings us to today and why we're here today as well, right? So, Yeah, so,
1: so this is interesting. So, you know, after we opened up and maybe because we're in D3, but also I think the lighthouse started evolving as a space where a lot of. People met that had businesses that were creative, that were entrepreneurs, that were venture capital firms, funding entrepreneurs. And we just saw it happening all around us. And obviously they congregated, you know, as we wanted them to uh, around food and drink. So we started something called the Lighthouse Conversation Series, which was a physical series, which we still do, where let's say about once a month, we will feature someone from that world, whether entrepreneur, arts and culture, et cetera. And we'll have a one hour conversation with them informally. And that went really well. and was always oversubscribed. And we felt that it created an, an extra dimension. But then I felt, you know, lots of those conversations that are happening here, I would love to record or freeze because they happen, you know, in a kind of a thermal setting. So we wanted a more flexible setting. And I started myself listening to podcasts. And I thought, well, that's going to, on top of our physical Lighthouse conversations, why don't we have a, a sequel that allows us to be more flexible Uh, record more conversations, bring more people in. Because as you know, not everybody has the ability to come here physically. We have to book the time in advance. That's the idea of the podcast started coming to play. And we started playing around with it. And the first thing we did is, Farah, myself, and other members of the team is just listening to a lot of podcasts. And then once we felt that we were comfortable enough, we approached you as a seminal guru of podcasts. To, to help us produce those episodes. And that's really how it's uh, come about. So
0: what? Uh, let's talk a little bit about the show. So we've, we've been recording now for a little while and stuff like that, right? So what's your feeling been like in terms of
1: yeah, so what you're learning? I'm very excited about the show. I think um, the, the first thing is we want to keep it open and um, and fresh. I mean, I think the fresh perspective is very important. We're going to be speaking about subjects that I personally care about and we feel our audience will care about. So... You know, arts, culture, food, design, all of those will be featured. Most of the people we're going to be speaking to, I think, will be um, people from the entrepreneurial world. And that doesn't mean necessarily they own their own companies. They could be also people that are curators or artists. They, in some ways, run their own business. And what I'm really interested in, in, in figuring out is the journey. Because I feel that a lot of times we know of brands and people when they succeed, when they are well-known. But we don't know how they got there. So I'm very curious, uh, and I hope that my, my, our audience will be curious to hear, how did these guys get from A to B? What's the journey like? Uh, many of them are from the region, not all of them, and it doesn't have to be. We will obviously be sub, uh, touching on a lot of subject matters that I think interest people from the region and living in the region. But also we want to add a dimension of people that live abroad that don't know the region so well that they learn something about the region that they may not know.
0: I think one of the things that we see as a maybe a challenge in terms of conversations in the region, especially, is that you have a lot of established brands, right, franchising and stuff, which means a lot of the stories we learned are generally tend to be very polished, finished stories. Very much so, right? So I think one of the interesting things that we've seen, I mean, the conversations we've already started having is we've been talking to people who have very homegrown, having their sort of really planted in the region so strongly. No, one hundred percent.
1: So I think you're one hundred percent right. So I think. Many of those conversations, and I'm obviously drawn to those because it's also our experience, are homegrown concepts. Um, Artists, designers, entrepreneurs, business owners that either came up to the ranks, built their own brand, and and, and the region has a very high number, as you've said, of very established imported brands. So I'm not saying there's nothing against that, but that's not the conversation we're going to be focusing on. I think the conversation is, you know, if someone started his own restaurant, for example, why did you come up with this concept? And, and we've seen that the audience has changed. I mean, look at even just an f and world, just one example, uh, compared 10, you know, a decade ago, or even five years ago, the number of homegrown concepts yeah, and oh the yeah. appeal versus today. I mean, it's a night and day. And there's reason for that. I think many people that are from here or have lived here or participate in the fabric of society are able to touch their customers with those accentuated concepts that they're coming up with. And that's really the idea.
0: And they want to plant themselves as well, just as much as, I mean... As, as we're talking right now about the fact that we saw this disparity and stuff like that, it's natural for us then to take the next step and think like, okay, how do I fix that disparity? So I'm going to try and establish something of, of it as I well. Right? So.
1: It. And I'm sure you started your own podcast company for the yeah, same reason. Exactly, I mean, yeah. you wanted to, I mean, I'm guessing, so I'm speaking. I mean, why did you start your own company? <laughs> Let's start with that. <laughs> no, but, but you're right. It, it
0: had to do a lot with the regional conversation that we were having. First of all, I mean, and as you pointed out as well, a lot of people are listening to international podcasts more than they are, even though they listen... Regionally. So there was a sort of gap in the regional content as well. And that was something that was very important to me. Uh, But also it was about the fact that what I call the regional perspective was missing. Yes. Right. So even if we talk, we can, we both of us can sit and talk about Facebook or Instagram even, but our perspective from this region and the challenges this region, the opportunities this region has would be very different. So if someone were to launch something similar here, it would have a very, it would probably have a very different path. But that regional perspective wouldn't happen unless we actually start having the conversations here to begin.
1: I think that's 100% right. And I think, you know, to be perfectly candid, and I don't think that's a secret, it's also a region that's, you know, uh, a lot of misperceptions about this region, lots of cliches. A lot of people are misinformed, not for any reason of their own, but the, the information is not out there. So as you well know, I mean, some of the earlier recordings that we've done are with people from the art world, like Mirna, uh, who worked as an editor of Canvas for, you know, almost a decade. And part of her job still is is to inform her readers and listeners about art from a perspective that is, I'm not even going to say Arab, that is a bit more local coming from a different perspective. And her audience is both in the region and also you know, outside. So she writes for lots of international publications that, again, frame the region in a certain way. So all we're trying to do is lend a voice that's an alternative voice. Our other our conversation we had with Dana Abu Ahmed, who's a Saudi designer. Uh, we talked to her about, you know, um, how did she become interested in fashion? Saudi is a, is, a, is a, there's a lot of change in Saudi. How do you, does that come into your work? How do you weave that into the fabric of the work you do, et cetera, et cetera. So I I think, I'm hoping, those are interesting conversations. um, And we're not just also interested in stories that are already well known. We're also hoping to tell stories that uh, people become familiar with. Because one thing we felt being in this space over the last three years, there's a lot of talent out there. There really is an abundance of talent. And many of them just don't know the path. And we're not going to be, you know, able to just show them the path, but I think by hearing others that inspire them, that, that should help.
0: Sure. So I'm gonna put you slightly on the spot now because I've thought of two questions and sure. that I'd love I mean, to hear I, from you.
1: I would be shocked if you wouldn't want to put me on the spot. Right, that's also true. It would isn't not it? make that conversation yeah, an interesting. That's probably one. true. Please. Uh
0: the first would be is there something that you learned that you didn't know before you started recording this?
1: Yes, absolutely. So I mean in in b- both cases, they were guests that I am friends with and I've known for quite some time, either family friends or personal friends. Um, and I think when you bring them on the podcast, um, so, you know, it came up in our last podcast with Dana, that was very interesting. What matters to them? You know, uh, what is sort of the raison d'etre that makes them wake up in the morning and do what they do? And in her case, as you recall, we don't want to burn the, the, yeah, the episode, of but she sort of has this multiple um, hats that she wears. And it was very interesting to hear from her perspective um, what, you know, makes her tick and makes her wake up in the morning and feel this matters.
0: And why she why she continues to wear multiple hats rather than nuts. That's,
1: that's, right? that and as I as think well. that's really interesting. As that is well. what well. yeah. So I think what's interesting, even though I've known those, those uh, ladies in this case, there'll be some men as well on the show. <laughs> I think that passion comes out in a certain way and I was, I'm not going to say surprised, but almost touched by it. So that was definitely something that maybe I didn't feel as much in the course of a normal conversation.
0: And the second question I have for you is, it's a little bit forward-looking one, right? So obviously, you guys are doing amazing things at the Lighthouse, but specifically in terms of the podcast, a year from today, uh, how would you, what would you define as being like, if, if this happens a year from today, thanks to the podcast, I will feel very satisfied?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think um, if a year from today, I feel that the audience has learned three things about uh, you know people from the region whether it's again artists designers entrepreneurs business people that will make me feel really good three things they didn't know I mean so we're hoping to surprise a little bit and we're trying to curate our guests and our show accordingly right so as you said there's a lot of ways you can take this conversation I'm hoping that people will come and say you know what until I listened to those episodes I didn't know one two and three and that can be positive it may also not be as positive um, that's fine, but it's, um, and I think that's what brings in this freshness. So I think a fresh perspective, not rehashing topics that have been already talked about a million times, not talking to people that maybe everybody already knows, etc. cetera. I mean, that's really a, uh, an integral element of the show.
0: Yeah. And I think as we start to mature as even in terms of content in this region that we're starting to see now, I mean, obviously there've been a lot of podcasts, a lot of other kinds of content. I think it's time to move the conversation to the real stuff. No, oh, 100%. Bit.
1: And look, the same way we wanted to start the Lighthouse in a way to create a physical hub, we're hoping to create a little bit of a virtual hub. I mean, again, the conversation online is somewhat limited, and I don't feel there's many places where people can congregate to have that conversation. Is the podcast is one element of that, that's great. And the beauty thing, beautiful thing is it can start online and then continue offline, So, or, or the other way around. So lots of those conversations were things that actually started here having lunch and me saying, you know what, can I just bring you on that show? And hence we did the podcast more flexible in terms of a format because I want to hear more. And I think those make for the best conversations.
0: Yeah. And I think the listeners should know as well that in addition to when we're doing the podcast in the format that we intend to do, right? So we've talked about this. One is, of course, we're going to be recording and you're going to be recording with entrepreneurs as we have already, but we also want to do live stuff.
1: Yes, 100%. And, you know, there were a couple of inspirations for me. I mean, again, these are Western models, but I think that worked really well. I mean, I'm somebody that list- reads the, 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 the Financial Times, the FT, especially the weekend FT, and they have this series called Lunch with the FT. And it's a brilliant series because you actually see where they ate and what they ate and how much it cost, and the FT paid for it. And, again, it's bringing those elements that I feel food and conversation really fit together. So Farah has this um, wish of having one of those conversations while people eat because she wants to hear the sounds. Yeah, and we said we're going to do that. And, and so it's kind of interesting to bring these different elements, right? Um, because I think that's also what makes it, makes it come alive a bit more. Okay, so
0: we should probably inform the listeners when they can expect to hear the first episode.
1: Uh, so I think you can tell them that because uh, you will know exactly <laughs> when it's going to come out. Okay then. So the
0: first episode will be dropping November twenty. Right. And by then
1: by monthly And then bi-monthly.
0: So every two weeks we'll have a new episode uh, with a different person, right? And then we're hoping to also have the live events begin in a couple of months' time. So if people are listening that are in Dubai, or they're visiting Dubai perhaps, can actually come in and actually be part of the live conversation.
1: Absolutely. As as well. We would yeah? love that. And we're going to obviously have a channel uh, that will be when we drop the, the podcast that allows people to speak to us. I think very importantly, we'd like that dialogue to continue. We'll give an email. People can give us their views, whether they like what we're doing, they hate what we're doing, they have suggestions for people to speak to, they're coming to Dubai and just want to come and have lunch at the lighthouse. We want that all to be very fluid. Um, And really, I I mean that, I keep just going back at it, trying to create more of a community. So that's very important. And feedback, especially at the beginning, is extremely important.
0: Are there any questions out here? Because I think it would be fun to get a question in. The wonderful question from the audience, right, is about sort of this intermingling of artists in a city like Dubai, which is very cosmopolitan, but the problem is there's a lot of fragmentation, right? So we have a lot of Emirati artists, for example, that we know of that are hanging out in the same places, uh, Asian artists perhaps doing the same thing. And so the question is, uh, how does the lighthouse as a space or perhaps how will the lighthouse conversations, what are we going to do towards getting these people to sort of commingle across across these, uh, these uh, fragmentations?
1: Yeah, look, so there's, I don't think there's an easy answer. Honestly, it's an excellent question. This is our hope that obviously by breaking it down to certain elements, people will start relating to some element. So for example, uh, talking about startups, if I talk about our journey as a self-funded startup from day one till today, many others will find certain elements of the story that will resonate with them, has very little to do whether they're Egyptian like me or Indian or Emirati. And those become the connection points. Similarly, uh, in art and in design, um, and and in in almost all aspects. So what we're hoping to do is by kind of bringing to light those elements, people start finding connections. And it breaks down some of those barriers, because you're, you're right, it's absolutely true. If you look at those movements, you know, in the U.S. or in Europe, even parts of Asia, I mean, they have been there for a very long time. If you're talking about the Gulf region, a lot of this is very new. So it just takes time. Something we're going to talk about in the podcast as well. I personally get a little bit tired of people. Everybody wants these sort of overnight success stories, right? And, and, and my personal philosophy, or I learned the hard way, all good things take a very long time to build. Things like art patronage, things like building uh, a community for artists and designers, physical space, that just takes... Museums have just been part of the gulf over the last, literally... Not even a decade, you know, so, so think about that compared to the Louvre or British Museum. Uh, so, so I just think that um, we are impatient, probably for a good reason. It's also uh, a region, when you talk from the Gulf, that's, that's transient and we're uh, disproportionately young. So people are impatient. But I, I do think, honestly, uh, as, as objective as I can be, that there have been many strides. It's not like things have not moved.
0: I think sometimes it's also just like people that have been in the region long enough, and we see this thing happening, for example, in New York or somewhere else, and it's almost like a feeling of like, why isn't it happening here? I want to be part of it. I want it to happen here. Yeah,
1: I mean, you just started having museum institutional collecting uh, when, you know, you, when you announced in Abu Dhabi, you know, less than a decade ago, the institution of the Madhav in, in Qatar and so on and so forth. This was very new uh, and still is very new. So... We'll just take a little bit of time, but I think we'll uh, we'll get there.
0: Awesome. So I think that's everything. Is there something you want to add to this that we perhaps didn't cover?
1: I think we've covered most of it. As usual, you've been a wonderful conversationalist. So well, thank you. Yeah. you know, I feel you've covered all the all the elements.
0: Awesome. So the Lighthouse Conversations launches on November 20. Are you excited?
1: I'm extremely excited and I can't wait for the feedback. Thank you.